I'm only human after all And you're only human after all Don't put the blame on me Welcome to Ponder Exchange, a podcast about Christian faith and armed service hosted by me, Brother Logan Isaac. First Formation is spiritual exercise for high church lowlifes looking to get the fuck up and pray. Join us every weekday morning to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 131 O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. But I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. My soul is like the weaned child that is with me. O Israel, hope in the Lord from this time on and forevermore. Jeremiah chapter 27, verses 1 through 11 and 16 through 22. In the beginning of the reign of King Zedekiah, son of Josiah of Judah, this word came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Thus the Lord said to me, Make yourself a yoke of straps and bars and put them on your back. Send word to the king of Edom, the king of Moab, the king of the Ammonites, the king of Tyre, and the king of Sidon by the hand of the envoys who have come to Jerusalem to King Zedekiah of Judah. Give them this charge for their masters. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, this is what you shall say to your masters. It is I who by my great power and my outstretched arm have made the earth with the people and animals that are on the earth, and I gave it to whomever I please. Now I have given all those lands into the hand of King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, my servant, And I have given him even the wild animals of the field to serve him. All the nations shall serve him and his son and his grandson until the time of his own land comes. Then many nations and great kings shall make him their slave. But if any nation or kingdom will not serve this king, Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, and put its neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon, then I'll punish that nation with a sword, with famine and with pestilence, says the Lord until I have completed its destruction by his hand. You, therefore, must not listen to your prophets, your diviners, your dreamers, your soothsayers, your sorcerers, who are saying to you, You shall not serve the king of Babylon. For they are prophesying a lie to you, with the result that you will be removed far from the land. I will drive you out, and you will perish. But any nation that will bring its neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon and serve him, I will leave on its own land, says the Lord to till it and live there. Then I spoke to the priests and to all this people, saying, Thus says the Lord, Do not listen to the words of your prophets who are prophesying to you, saying, The vessels of the Lord's house will soon be brought back from Babylon, for they are prophesying a lie to you. Do not listen to them. Serve the king of Babylon and live. Why should this city become a desolation? Indeed, if they are prophets, and if the word of the Lord is with them, then let them intercede with the Lord of hosts that the vessels of the that the vessels left in the house of the Lord, in the house of the king of Judah and in Jerusalem may not go to Babylon. For thus says the Lord of hosts concerning the pillars, the sea, the stands, and the rest of the vessels that are left in this city, which King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon did not take away when he took into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, King 
Jeconiah, son of Jehoiakim of Judah, and all the nobles of Judah and Jerusalem. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, concerning the vessels left in the house of the Lord in the house of the king of Judah and in Jerusalem. They shall be carried to Babylon, and and there they shall stay until the day when I give attention to them, says the Lord. Then I will bring them up and restore them to this place. Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and wickedness of those who by their wickedness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. Ever since the creation of the world has eternal power and divine nature, His eternal power and divine nature, invisible though they are, have been understood and seen through the things He has made. So they are without excuse. For though they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him. But they became futile in their thinking, and their senseless minds were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, and they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling a mortal human being, or birds, or four-footed animals, or reptiles. Therefore God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to the degrading of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Good morning and welcome to the sixth Monday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from the Appalachian Abbey in Knoxville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us for Jeremiah 131, a really short psalm, a couple of passages or selections from the book of Jeremiah, and finally from Romans 1. And Jeremiah is this really long passage. And Jeremiah is um, he's known as the weeping prophet. And it's because um, of passages like this, he's called to preach to Israel, things it doesn't want to hear, um, including that they are to uh, basically subordinate themselves to Babylon. Um, In the meantime, the king and the people are are hearing from false prophets that they should not, that they should fight, and they should not subordinate themselves to the king of Babylon. And from, you know, just a, a regular national security perspective or interest, um, of course you wouldn't subordinate yourself to another you know, nation. Um, I'm sure the false prophets sounded very reasonable and expected. And yet Jeremiah, who is um, called by God to preach, maybe not destruction, but certainly not good news, um, and you could, well, it's bad news, he's called to preach bad news. Um, he uh, he has this bitter pill for them. Um, and of course, I think of the red pill and blue pill because Nebuchadnezzar is the name of the ship in the Matrix. Um, anyway, he's known as the weeping prophet because he preaches all these things and um, they don't listen. Jerusalem is later destroyed and uh, there's this really um, incredible painting I've, I, I have I've stored on my computer of of this man Jeremiah, who's just grief stricken, sitting on this rubble, which is the rubble of Jerusalem. And um, I think the 
uh, I recently sat down for a Zoom call with a videographer. Uh, I think I mentioned, I did, I mentioned it on Friday. I hope you've taken a chance to look at it. And one of the uh, short films, I talked about anger and how we conflate anger and violence, how they're not the same thing. And Western Christians and Western people, um, I, well, Americans, seem to be particularly averse to um, experiencing anger. And I think that's kept um, justice from occurring a number of times. Um, but I think we, in the church, we get this idea that, you know, God came to preach good news to the poor. Well, the problem is not very many of us are poor, or actually many of us are poor, but the people that typically identify as Christians aren't the kind of people that Jesus necessarily came for. Um, and the good news for the poor is bad news for the rich. I mean, Luke makes that really clear. Um, Matthew is kind of vague about class um, differences, but Luke is very direct, as, as is Mark, um, that when you preach good news to the poor, it's bad news for the rich. And too often, we are the recipients of bad news, but we want to be the recipients of good news. And this is what happens, or is happening in, in this passage in Jeremiah. God has bad news for the people of Israel, period. Um, but the, the, the escape clause he gives them is, look, subordinate yourselves to the king of Babylon, and then I'll overthrow him, and if you, if you um, submit to him, you won't lose your lands. Um, and they don't, they, nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear, you know, let the Chinese come in and take your land or the Russians or whoever. Of course we don't want to hear that. We think that we deserve good news. We don't like to think that we deserve bad news. Um, and yet we have this scripture, which is chock full of the delivery of bad news um, to communities that are, are reluctant to hear it. Um, and that's from Genesis to Revelation. Uh, and unfortunately, we don't, we don't know what it's like to take bad news and to roll with it, to you know, not take it personally, to just kind of accept that um, life involves bad news as well as good. Um, and uh, in the, the Romans reading, um, the, the connection to me seems in this uh, first verse to be really clear. Don't listen to the words of your prophets who are prophesying to you. I'm sorry, that was that was Jeremiah. Um, the um, the subtitle, the the added subtitle of Romans one is the guilt of humankind. Um, we can be what can be known of God is plain because God has shown it to them, the prophets. Um, we uh, they are without excuse because they knew God. So the believers. Um, they knew God and they don't have any excuse to pretend or to believe um, that uh, they didn't know better because they did. Um, and I think that's an especially difficult word for Christians who believe in this thing called the New Testament and not just, you know, um, you know in, in, this, in something having happened in Jesus Christ that we, it is expected that we now know um, that... Um, God being with us doesn't mean that suffering won't happen or that pain won't happen. I was listening to a hymn the other day about um, 
heaven and this idea that there will, no tears will fall. And I'm sure there's scripture that will support that. But another uh, part of scripture that I find quite fascinating, the description of the new Jerusalem, um, says that there will be, it's not that tears won't fall, but that a, uh, the hand of God and God himself will be there to wipe the tears from our eyes when they happen. Um, is that justice will be present, not that injustice will not be happening, but that the balances will be much more, um, or the scales will be much more balanced. And just as God intended in the garden to walk among us, um, that will be true in, in heaven and in the new Jerusalem. Um, and so we need to get over this idea that bad news doesn't come from God or that you know, the good news is always for us. Um, we love to think of ourselves as the people in the right, and so lo- so often uh, it's not the case. And for soldiers and veterans, sometimes that realization comes only after having done something in combat or in, in the military that they regret, and having to come to terms with the fact that they're, they're humans, that humans make mistakes, um, and hopefully learning that mistakes don't define us, um, that we might listen to the wrong people, but that isn't the end of the story. Um, and uh, I think, uh, in fact, I think the challenge for the military as a whole to include veterans and families um, is to remember in you know, God's letter to the Philippians is this, the, the fact of joy. Like we have reason um, to both know that we are broken and in need of grace, but that also grace has come. Um, that the things that we've failed to do or the things that we've done that are wrong, the people that we're supposed to listen to and haven't, um, that this too shall pass, that things are not necessarily as they seem, even though we are called to live in this world in which um, uh, it's you know, so easy to do wrong. Um, and I think that will only, will only um, continue to to see things go wrong until we're ready to be told that it is us that have done wrong, that um, the fault or part of the fault, the responsibility lies on us. And that's a difficult pill to swallow, but it also means that we have the power to change it. It also means that we can hope in the future um, and hope in the fact that, that we can contribute to, to making this world that we helped screw up, that we can contribute to making it better. Prayer of Self-Dedication from the Book of Common Prayer Almighty and Eternal God, so draw our hearts to you, so guide our minds, so fill our imaginations, so control our wills, that we may be wholly yours, utterly dedicated to you. And then use us, we pray you, as you will, and always to your glory and the welfare of your people through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen.